Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, and Google and Apple podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling. And uh, who? what a day to be talking about a show where half the focus is the mega maniacal, megalomaniacal uh, wrestling booker boss. Because yes. oh boy. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, you, we don't usually talk about news and current event wrestling stuff on this podcast. We usually Mm -mm. stick to, uh, stick to retrospective stuff. We stay in our goddamn lane here at the News and Knockouts podcast. We do, but like three hours ago, from time of when we're recording this, uh, the new biggest news story in decades dropped. So I guess we should probably mention it at least in passing, uh, that Vince McMahon is retired now. Yeah, Vince McMahon at 77 years young has stepped down as head of everything at WWE. Now, he still has his majority share, far as I can tell. Yes. However, that's it. He has no other other power in day-to-day. He has no no other power in day-to-day operations. No. Yeah, no. He's no... so, So, he's... I don't know, probably still fucking sitting in on board meetings or whatever. Yeah. But, but, like, other than that, he ain't there. This is the least amount of power Vince has had in 40 years. Yeah. Since he bought the company from his dad. And Triple H has uh, officially taken over for John Laryngitis. Yep. And... Uh, it, early, even earlier today, it was announced that Triple H is back as um, executive vice president uh, of talent relations. Yep. So, and yeah, so Stephanie, much for him and Stephanie stepping the fuck away. Yeah, Welcome. Stephanie McMahon is now co-CEO with Nick Khan, mm-hmm. who has mm-hmm. been making waves, is kind of taking over more of the business dealings of the WWE in the last couple of years. He's he he's credited for being the person behind the, you know, let's fire dozens and dozens and dozens of people. <laughs> the dueling cons. Mm-hmm. Or uh, the the con that giveth and the con that taketh away. Mm-hmm. So, I guess I, if I want to be fair and balanced, TMC <laughs> and R totally R that, 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 that we're that, that we're not. Yeah, we we invented that one, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, a lot of people's um, Vince McMahon was very successful. With WWE, he was a lot. He is the re, he is his his company is the, is a gateway for a lot of people into pro wrestling, me included. Yep. Uh, and as an on screen character, on one of the greatest heels of all time, and and top two evil general managers to get more you know uh, specific about it. I feel oh, like yeah. Dar, Dario Cueto, who's <laughs> that also ties what we're what else we're doing today. Yeah, hey, is oh. the only real competition in that regard. Uh so that's that. But also, fuck Vince McMahon. I'm very oh, yeah. happy he's gone. Because I don't real. If it was just about, man, I haven't liked WWE TV in a couple of years. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have this kind of take on it. You know, mm-hmm. TV, it's just a television show. The thing is, is that Vince McMahon has a long history of allegations that paint him as a total shithead. I don't have time to cover them all, so I will just run through the big highlights. Uh, He is pretty famously alleged to be, to have um, 
covered up, helped cover up the murder of Jimmy Snuka's girlfriend, which was done by Jimmy Snuka yep. uh, back in the early 80s. Um, in 1992, uh, the very first WWF female referee, Rita Chatterton, uh, accused um, Vince of raping her in a limousine on mm-hmm. the Geraldo Rivera show. And that has recently uh, resurfaced as uh, that story has finally been really corroborated in the la- after 30 years uh in the in light of this wall street journal story and we'll get to that in a second uh he vince is absolutely responsible for the death of owen hart live on pay-per-view because it was his call to um use shoddy equipment that led to uh and stunts that led to his fall and also, as recently learned and through the Wall Street Journal, Vince McMahon has paid in the last decade has paid twelve million dollars to various mistresses he had and affairs he had. Uh, oh, uh, he has had while being CEO of the company as hush money. Yep, and, and that's that is the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Not to mention every little thing you can go down for all the shady business practices that he's engaged mm-hmm. in all the shit with the uh steroid trial that he you know worked his bullshit to get off scot free on um you know his role in the montreal screw job the endless endless accounts there are of wrestlers under his parlay like under, under uh, on his watch getting very sick getting horribly irreparably injured you know, death as a result of all of these things and his very famously cavalier attitude toward it, clearly racist and sexist views that he holds on the day-to-day and or is willing to endorse or platform on his wrestling TV show. Uh, You know, this is a man who, Mm -hmm. even if it was for heel heat, has just straight up said the N-word on WWE TV. And, you know... Some, somehow don't get the feeling that was meant to be a, a, a deep dive examination of all of our internalized racism or like all the racism in the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on so, so many levels, fuck Vince McMahon. I yep. am so happy that he is goddamn gone. Yep. And which is not to say that, of course, WWE is still a corporation. So, you know. I'm sure it can only get so much better from here. But it's always good when the sex pests are gone. Yes. So, bye, John Laurinaitis. Bye, Vince. I don't I'm not really gonna miss you. I am so happy that that you that yeah, bye bye bozo. Like I, I I'm sorry, I just got I just got nothing other than like, yup, good. Next. Yeah, so that is that. And so now let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming of the evening. The the, uh, the fun, uh, the the fun, evil wrestling boss guy who's like okay to to like because he's completely fictional. Yes, it is finally time to return to Lucha Underground. Um, you know we've had to take a couple weeks off from recording, plus our schedule moves are moved around because you know we had to do the uh, um. Uh, AEW episode that week to do that show. So it's been a while since we've been doing Lucha Temple. Yeah. Yeah. So it is good to be back. Um, kind of as a reminder of what happened last time is 
The honestly, the biggest thing that took up an entire episode was Prince Puma defeating Johnny Mundo in an all night long match. Yeah, literally an entire episode. That was a that was a big old big boy fight that took some big boy time to get through it. And of course, it was a nail bite, nail biter, nail biter. Jesus, right up until the goddamn end. Oh boy. Oh man, they were tied up until the very last second. Holy shit. Who could have predicted that? Oh man. Please don't please don't look at any other Iron Man matches. No, no, no. What 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 is an Iron Man match? The all night long match is a completely original invention of Dario Cueto that nobody's ever thought of before. He's a creative You're genius cr- and should be respected as such. You're correct. Uh so the other big thing is that Drago returned to the temple and he uh assaulted uh dario cueto in the bathroom to get him because of course he did yeah Uh, a lot of bathroom fighting happened drago's natural it it, the bathroom is drago's natural habitat okay like he he just loves i guess the smell of human feces yeah so he used that as a way to get uh inserted into the number one contenders match for all prince puma's title at ultima lucha and he won he is officially back in the temple he has his job back great except for the fact that katrina went came into dario's office and choked him until he gave he gave mil muertes a match against drago for the number one contendership at ultima lucha yeah, uh, which Dario was totally not into being choked. What are you talking about? Yeah, so to be clear, Drago's job is no longer on the line. But uh, not feeling great about Prince Puma versus Drago for Ultima Lucha. Yeah, hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how that's going to turn out. And we got a whole ass Mil Muertes to deal with. I get the feeling that between the enraged dragon man the big old scary zombie man and the heretofore unseen eldritch abomination that dario's keeping in the basement is also blood related to uh somebody's head's gonna roll at some point don't know who but there 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 is death to be had over the you know earth-shattering prize of a underground fight club championship belt it is all about that Aztec warfare. Wait, that's a different thing in this. Wrestling is re- wrestling makes sense and has reasonable proportional stakes. Of course. Uh, then, of course, uh, Chavo Guerrero is now kind of the leader of the crew, or and he has kidnapped. He has kidnapped poor Black Lotus and thrown her in a cell next to Mil to uh, Matanza Cueto. Yeah, not not even not not even in the same cell just just in a, in an adjacent cell that he happens to have that the, the temple has more than one cell yeah and and but but he's just i i don't understand why dario just won't feed her to him like i feel like that'd be the expedient way to do it uh don't know why i uh, don't know if that's gonna get explained aside from the fact that you know we just got to settle everything in the ring but but she is trapped and not dead very uh in that order yeah but uh chavo used his newfound um um uh um uh, favor with the boss to beat the shit out of blue demon again 
Yeah, again, because fuck, you know, you're you're a living legend in in you know Mexico in lucha libre. Uh, fuck you. You're just gonna get job, shit on. You're just gonna job to all of our villains on our goddamn show. What we're the hell? Use you to, we're gonna use you to garner sympathy and nothing else. That the I. <laughs> What? Why are you using Blue Demon this way? I feel like this man has better things to do than just go on Lucha Underground and lose all the goddamn time. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, the disciples of death arrived and beat up some of our uh, fan favorite jobbers. They they control electricity now. Cool. And, and yeah, fucking justice. For Pimpinella and Masquerita and the goddamn tiger dude whose name I can't remember. Bengala. Um, Bengala. Oh, yeah, he's not a... Yeah, he's a Bengal tiger. Yeah, yeah. Bengala, uh, who I immediately loved because he does cool flippy shit, and I love me some cool flippy shit, and Masquerita Sagrada and goddamn Pimpinella are finally back, and they just got immediately goddamn trashed by the servants of death because fucking of course they did. We can't have yeah. nice things in the underground fight club course which uh by the way i do have the names of the disciples of death now they have uh, names they do they they aren't just thing one thing two thing three no it's Bari it's barrio negro el sinestro de la muerte and trace uh i couldn't tell you which is which but that are their names de la muerte and trace yeah t-r-e-c-e what's it 13 wait wait so we have black neighborhood or dark neighborhood el sinestro de la muerte the i don't know something sinister about death and 13 what the fuck <laughs> man oh man the the mexicals are a lot different than i remember them <laughs> i cannot wait to get back to them next week oh christ the Speaking of, I got a thing about Chavo next week to talk about that I'm oh, very shit. excited to learn now. See, I, uh, I I actually just learned something. I didn't realize that Chavo was like a junior. Um, yes, he is. I'm, as 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 you are aware, I'm I'm finally like kind of like watching through he or through Glow, um, and like one of the season one episodes was dedicated to the memory of Chavo Guerrero Senior who had just died, and I was like. Oh shit! I didn't realize yeah. there was a, there was an elder. Yes, Chavo Guerrero Senior. Yeah, he worked on the original Glow as a trainer. Oh uh, shit! If I'm, if I'm remembering that right, I assume that's why they uh they would have they uh did that. I mean, they whoever is fucking making Glow clearly has connections to the industry, considering like all the goddamn people they get to just like show up on that show. So it makes sense either way. But yeah, that's that's goddamn cool. Yeah. Yes, so, uh, I don't... And, and, and fine, sorry, and fucking Christian Cage about, about to come out here and be like, Chavo, your dead dad would be dead. disappointed in you and I'm gonna fuck your mom. Please, please come out and say that, Mr. Cage. I maybe, don't maybe believe... We get, maybe we can get the other Cage to cut that promo instead. He is, he is around a, a bit more often in the Underground Fight Club. Yeah, let's see. I don't believe there is anything else to talk about because story-wise, there wasn't as much advancement as we usually might get for one of our episodes because, you know, we spent a whole All episode on one match. So, you know, it's not, uh, you know, not as much story advancement, not as much time for it. But nice I, I do know 
that uh, I'll go ahead and, and read the names of the episodes we're going to watch today and not spoil anything okay. to do and do minimal spoiling on my part. So the first episode is episode season one, episode 33, Death versus the Drago. Mm. Mm, wonder what's going to happen there. Of course. And uh, the next, the episode 30, then season one, episode 34, Gold and Guerreros. Oh, well. I mean, that, that just makes sense there. That That's just a title that, that makes sense. Yeah. If there's anything so, the Guerreros love, it's some motherfucking gold. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so according to uh, the episode 33 uh, description, it says, Quato sets a rematch between Superfly and Sexy Star. Oh, shit. Uh, so we're going to come back to that Wait, he's still allowed to call one. himself Superfly? Shouldn't he be calling himself something else now? No, you can keep the name, you just can't keep the mask. Wait, what? I thought the whole thing is that, like, the persona dies with the mask, and so you have to, like, fucking reinvent yourself or something. Man, it's a little more loosey-goosey than that. Kind of, It's kind of whatever. Well, that kind of takes yeah. away some of the fun of the whole mask-losing thing. What the hell? Hmm. Mm. Uh, then we get a uh, Aerostar, the Mac, Marty the Moth, Martinez, Cage, and Pentagon Jr. compete in a five-way Aztec medallion match. Oh, So then we continue to hand out the Aztec medallions... Uh, so oh, far, so far, it's just been Jack Evans and Phoenix with one with each getting a medallion. But so it's not tonight. We're going to give medallion number three. I, I, I'm, I'm fucking rooting for for Mothboy to, to inevitably get one of these medallions. Yes, Marty the Moth. I still I, he still weirds me out a little bit, but I feel like it's just like inevitable that he's going to get one of these goddamn medallions. So I figure I might as well hop on the train while I still can, you know, chug it, chug it, baby. Gotta get on, gotta get on the, uh, gotta get on the hype train early. Yeah, you know, you, you you usually get perks for being an early adapter. So I, you know, I'm just I'm just trying to like, you know, get get my due or whatever. I don't, you know. Yeah, and then of course Drago and Mil Muertes fight for a spot in Ultima Lucha. Wow, shocker! As we mentioned earlier in the time, uh, so I will not do the episode 34 uh, store intro thing. Ooh. <laughs> Because it's obvious, as I don't think it's meant to be. You know, we haven't seen episode 33 yet. Suspense Arena. I respect it. Yeah. So, if you would like to watch along with us, well, your options are slim. Hey. Uh, so, you can, of course, it is available on, uh, I know it's available on iTunes. I'm sure it's Amazon Prime. You can yeah, also I'm pretty buy sure the seasons. I never haven't looked. Uh, but let's be real here. We're not doing that. We are uh using we are you know if it is easy to if you go on the internet archive to pirate all of lucha underground and that yo is what ho, yo yo ho, pirates like for like me for us yes as 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 always the 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 true rename of our show coming down the pike the pirates and pirates podcast as as we do if it just feels right to pirate a show about an illegal underground fight club. Yeah, we're being we're being thematic here, okay? We can't you, get prosecuted if there's thematic cohesion. That's if, the law. If, if if you pirate something that's already illegal, that's a double negative. I think that cancels out. I I think that's legitimate. That sounds that sounds perfectly that sounds perfectly legit to me. Yeah, anyway, uh, that'll be that. We are again, we will see you guys in the back half to talk about more Lucha Underground Season 1. Yep.
And we are back. We have just finished season one, episode 33 and 34 of Lucha Underground. Hell yeah, brother. Things just keep on fucking ramping up. They're preparing for Ultima Lucha. They got their retro looking ass uh, match cards, visuals, uh, uh, whatever like up up on screen to announce some of the, the shows we got coming up or the matches we got coming up for ultima lucha shit's getting wild baby yep uh unfortunately for uh the stage is getting set for ultima lucha and unfortunately not not looking as good as for drago now that this stage is being constructed as Sad. uh what you probably guessed was gonna happen is what happened yeah, you know, am I shocked? No. Am I sad? Yes. I like my Dragon Boy. I don't like Zombie Man. You know, it, it, my preferences here should be kind of obvious. Mm-hmm. Fuck that zombie guy. Anyway. Yeah, but let's let's go ahead and start from the top. Uh, right at the top, we get the announcement that Alberto El Patron versus Johnny Mundo is announced for Set Ultima for Lucha. Ultima Lucha. The, the, the Alberto's gonna get that revenge for Johnny throwing him through a window. I'm sure. Yeah, I cannot get... wait to talk about that when we get there. Uh, yeah, about that's that. gonna be interesting. I'm sure I'm gonna be annoyed by all the dipshits in the audience being like, "Oh, Alberto Patron is a gift to wrestling. Fuck this Johnny Mundo guy." Because yeah. you know, uh, shockingly, the opposite is true. Go fuck yourselves. Yeah, but that is the second official match set for Ultima Lucha, though a lot of the. As someone who already knows what happens at Ultima Lucha 1, uh, a lot of the pieces are being set, and you can tell where stuff is going for a lot of the pieces for Lucha Underground, for Ultima Lucha. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's the, the cool thing about what we've got with, with Lucha Underground so far is, like, we've had so... Like, we, we kind of touched on this in our last episode. There are a lot of moving parts to, to, to Lucha Underground. Like, there is for any wrestling show... But there's something about Ultima Lucha that makes it feel as though it's, uh, or so, so, something about Lucha Underground that, that, like, makes everything feel like, I don't know, it, it's just more intimate, almost. Like, mm-hmm. everything kind of, like, connects in a slightly more visceral way. So we're getting all these, like, uh, the all these, like, matchups kind of brewing, and it kind of feels like this cool hodgepodge of, like, just all these little vignettes we've seen scattered about. Nothing, like, nothing huge. There, are, there aren't a whole lot of, like, super long-standing rivalries coming into Ultima Lucha. Like, there are, there are some that have been yeah. going on for a hot minute. But, like, a lot of them are a bit more of a hodgepodge. Um, so, it's, 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 it's this cool thing. of It's this cool phenomenon of, oh, hey, we're going to throw these two dudes together. And, like, you know, you saw little, like, clips of them beefing, so let's make it real. Let's make it really official. I don't know. There's something about that that structuring to the plot that I really like. Mm-hmm. Uh, first match of the show is Sexy Star versus Superfly. Uh, before Superfly comes down to the ring, we get a quick inter- we get a quick cut to another Vampiro sit down interview. Uh, I am gonna miss these. <laughs> I uh, wait. You're gonna miss them. Are they going away? Yeah, they don't really exist after this season, really. I'm gonna miss them too. I, I mean, they're they're, I wanna, they're bullshit, but they're great. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about everything that kind of changed with Lucha Underground until we get to the next seasons. But yeah, 
this doesn't this these don't become as regular a feature after this season. Sad. Um see, I I immediately when I saw that that Vamp was interviewing Superfly, I was like, of fucking course. Because Vamp has to be the ultimate shitster, and he interviewed Sexy Star. So now, of course, he's got to get the other side of the story. Yeah, and... though he does, he does come at it from, like, Superfly. What 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 was that about, my man? Yeah, I, and Superfly's just kind of, like, fucking incel posting up in here. He's no. like, Sexy Star stole something from me, so I need to steal something from her. Like, my my man, you she didn't want to do this. You begged her to take your mask to take your mask off like do the honorable thing she tried to say no she didn't want to you what well, what is happening well, he's, like, he's like she could have walked away she could have left the tent so so could you have asshole why is it her job to lay the fuck down for you yeah he he spent he spent a few weeks sitting on it and then decided that actually sexy star is a piece of shit yeah which is completely illogical and Vampiro does call him out on it. Yeah, like sexy that, star. I, I, I will. I will give Vamp this. A broken, a broken Vampiro is right twice a day still, and Vamp mm -hmm. is squarely on the side of, dude. What the fuck? Ch chill out. Yeah, he very he he's very Vampiro is very straightforward. That sexy star did not really have any agency in how all this went down, and Superfly's like, still her fault though. Yeah, Superfly says says fuck your facts and logic. My feels say it's her fault. Yeah, e even though that's like so. Oh god, the fuck man, fuck this guy. What an effective way to turn someone heel is just to make them a completely illogical like incel. Okay, yeah, dude. pretty much. And he he suggests that he took it easy on her the first time because, because she's, she's a woman. A woman, go fuck yourself yeah fuck him so that's that's how that interview went you know not as explosive as some of vampira's interviews but it firmly establishes that superfly sucks it it we we are firmly in fuck this guy superfly territory which man if you had told me like half a season ago that i would have been thinking about it about superfly i would have been like wait no he's such a he's such a pure boy with a with a nice little like vibe what what what's wrong with him Oh, nah, I guess he, he was just—I guess he was just one bad day away from going Joker mode or whatever. He, lo he lost his mask and found the red pill. So yeah. <laughs> look what happened! Look what happened! Ah, uh, fucking hell! And he's got dopey ass like uh, face paint around one of his eyes that I can't decipher what the hell it's even supposed to be. He's—he's he's just got a whole thing going on. He's—he's he's riding them cringe lord waves, I tell you. Yeah, so uh, the match is honest. Uh, the match is honestly uh, fine. Uh, a little one-sided towards Superfly. You got to show how he's all mean and dangerous now, I guess. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, uh, it's 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 weirdly one-sided too because Sexy Star's gone to like war against some of some of Lucha Underground's toughest and has come out either victorious or like with a really strong like appearance to her but in this like superfly kind of bowls her over a little bit and it feels almost like out of place yeah like she she went pretty toe-to-toe -to -toe with mil muertes uh back in aztec warfare and yep. this is the woman who it was absolutely implied that she was gonna tap out pentagon jr until superfly showed up and ruined everything yeah, seriously. Like, the, so I don't know. Like, what we're like? Are we trying to? It, I I would say like, okay, this is an attempt to 
power-up Superfly then. But we're still coming off the fact that Superfly up until, like, just now has been the jobber of all jobbers. Yeah, he was kind of a dope. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just just kind of a fucking dope. And we're we're just all of a sudden having having him conquer sexy star in a match that wasn't all that impressive a showing all things considered so like no i he, no she um yeah superfly is is athletic but he is vastly outshined by a yeah. lot of people in lucha underground like you could you could say in theory that like oh sexy stars head sexy stars head isn't in the game she's like distracted mm -hmm. by what the fuck is happening with my former friend but they don't really play into that her physicality no, doesn't play into that and like it kind of goes against her character to be like that anyway like like she was out of she was out of her element a little bit when she fought superfly originally and because she clearly didn't want to like unmask him and was like doing this out of pure right. like desperate necessity but mm -hmm. you know once somebody has wronged her sexy star is not the type to take any shit so i mean you can headcanon it but that only takes you so far come on guys yeah, it's weird. Uh, uh, my notes are Vampira tells Superfly to stop being a bitch. Yeah, yeah, stop, stop being a bitch and get on with life, brother. Fucking yeah. based. God, I for 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 once, I'm I'm agreeing with Vamp on his on his bullshit. I'm I'm here for mm -hmm. this. Yeah, uh, Striker tries to make some sort of suggestion that Sexy Star has too many fans and thus might try too hard to impress them at her own physical detriment. I don't really see how that played into what the match was, but he mentioned it, and I was like, that's a weird comment. Yeah, right? yeah, Vamp and Striker like, send a whole lot of time, like, to having this, like, hashtag deep convo about whether or not Sexy Star is, like, able to overcome the odds X amount of times. Like, the odds are always stacked against her, can't you? And they both seem to, like, have a weird amount of, like, philosophical and like sentimental stock in this conversation it's kind of out of left field but it's 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 almost kind of hilarious to hear the two of them like have a hashtag serious business conversation about like how resilient sexy star potentially is. yeah uh i made note that sexy star had a couple of her dives were like just barely made it and it was kind of flailing i was like whoa there Oh shit! Uh, ooh, uh, wow. I so something I noticed that you said you missed was toward the end of the match we get what looks like a like a Superfly like ass tapping sexy star. She's like bouncing off the ropes to hit him. I, I look, ain't no ain't no judging. There's nothing like a friendly a friendly ass tap between two enemies in the ring. Yeah, However, yeah, yeah. I was like, huh. That, that's unusual. Uh, but eventually Superfly gets the dub because, of course, he does. God damn it. Yeah. Um, oh, one last note from uh, Strike. From um, uh, from during one of Se Sexy Star's comebacks, she was just, like, stomping down on uh, on Superfly. And uh, I made a note of Vampira said she's stomping a mud hole on his ass for being such a dick. True! I yeah. am here for mud hole stomping for being a dick. Yeah, but eventually Superfly hits a sit-out powerbomb and wins, whatever. And then Superfly, after the match, starts putting the boots to her and, like, tries to unmask her. It's a thing he tries to yeah. do a couple of times during the match. But he also isn't very committed to the idea because she, like, pushes him off and he's like, okay, I guess you can leave. Yeah, stay mad, asshole. 
for a guy who see, who's committed to making sexy star feel the pain that he felt, he sure sure to give up quick at unmasking. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I whoops. made a note that they made a note that as the com- as they rolled on to commercial, uh, there was a "No one likes you" chant at Superfly. True, fucking true, man. Again, I would have chafed at that like half a season ago, but God, God damn, this guy's such an asshole. Yeah, Superfly so really get- came in and was like, is like, fuck, fuck all of you. I, I my reputation was like slightly, my stellar reputation was slightly sullied. I'm going to like hate everyone and everything forever now reputation you. you say superfly be like look what you made me do look what you made me oh god it's gonna be some some like Katy perry what taylor swift shit is that was that the feud mm, that was but i don't think that song was about that song wasn't about that one oh, that, that song wasn't about the Katy perry taylor swift feud bad blood was oh yeah i got i get all this shit mixed up it's fine. I'm not a big fan of either song I just referenced in the last 30 seconds. Hey oh. I just saw a reference to make. Anyway. As, as anyway, uh, we get a transition video of Drago at dawn somewhere flipping nunchucks. Yeah, on top of a building. Drago is is training by practicing with his nunchuka for some reason. Uh, and he's like, you know, probably on top of the temple building. If I had to guess, he does tend to like it up there. It's either like on top of the ten- temple building or like fucking in the bathrooms underground. So, y- you know, kind of, kind of obvious where his, where his preferences lie and like st- set against admittedly a pretty cool, like stark contrast color shot of, of Dawn outside in, in, you know, Dawn in Boyle Heights, real, uh, real artistic shit. Even if it's like, since since when do dragons use nunchucks? Uh, we'll get more into that later. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, that that's a later thing. So the next match of the show is the five way match between Aerostar, uh, Pentagon Junior, Marty the Moth, Martinez, Cage, and the Mac for one of the Aztec medallions. Yeah, and out comes Pentagon, and he rips the microphone away from Melissa Santos. And he, uh, he tries to he tries to fucking get uh, attack Melissa Santos because still dead set on breaking her arm, I guess. He's he's still got he still got her arm in his mind. Melissa Santos is hashtag the one that got away. <laughs> so Pentagon even he explains that he wants to offer his master more than just some medallion. Yeah, he 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 wants something, you know, gold medallions, whatever. He wants something far more valuable, which is, of course, more arm bones. He wants revenge Penta for says, the man. Pe- he Pe- wants to de- Penta says it's a bones day. <sighs> he wants to destroy the man that, that took away his greatest sacrifice to his master. Which his greatest sacrifice would have been sexy star's arm. That that is the most. I mean, is the greatest, she, she is, is by valuable. far the. I mean, she's by far the strongest wrestler he would have broken an arm of at this point. This is true, I, and I guess like I don't know, lady arms go for a lot in the dark master market. So I guess you know. so. So he you, wants. You learn, you learn something new about economics every day, huh? Yeah. So Pentagon Junior says, "Fuck this match! I want to fight Vampiro right now." 
Yeah, he he literally just entered this match as a ploy to like get in the ring and just challenge Vamp to a street fight or whatever. Yeah, so Pentagon he rolls on over to the announce table and Vampiro is still like I don't really I I shouldn't have gotten off the table last time. I I don't really want to do this. I'm trying to be a professional here. And eventually um Pentagon grabs Vampiro by the sh- by the collar and Vampiro pushes Pentagon away and Vampiro starts like unbuttoning his shirt and it make it thinking it's something's about to go down here and the crowd is dying to see this yeah oh shit the cra- the crowd is losing its goddamn mind dude they they are chanting like hell for vamp and vamp's like Kind of getting pumped by it, and Penta's like, "Yeah, yeah, fuck that. give me this fight, give me the fight. It. I want to fucking come right. I'm, I'm fucking frothing at the mouth over here." And of course, Vamp is like, "No, no, I can't do it." And, and Penta yeah. just, Penta just kind of, just kind of dips. He just, he just leaves, and they're like, "Well, it's a four-way match now." Waka waka. Yeah, Vamp's just like, and Penta's like, "All right, I'm gonna head out." All right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> fuck, fuck this. I'm leaving. Yeah, and and Vamp is of course super ashamed TM, and he kind of sits back down dejected at the at the announcer table. And Striker's yeah, he's like, all oh, mad. Uh, we're gonna go to commercial. You okay, buddy? Yeah, and he spends most of the next match kind of like sullen and not as not participating as much as he normally does. Yeah, Striker Striker's like coming back, and he's trying to like get Vamp to. Uh, get vamp to to engage and vamp just kind of isn't and i i wrote down a note which luckily didn't bear out to be true but i, I wrote down a note because it looks for a second like striker about to carry commentary for the rest of the episode god help us yeah it's like is he about to do a solo job and finish uh, the episode out i was excited for a complete solo job on striker's part just to like see how many beautiful iconic malapropisms we get from him what yeah, new so, words will Matt Stryker invent today? It's true. So then it's a four-way match. Aerostar, Marty Mar- or Marty the Moth, C- Cage, and the Mac. Yeah, I made sure to write down a note of, uh, they start to say something about, like, if you're unfamiliar with Marty the Moth, and I finish the sentence. With, okay, okay, so we start at, or wait, was it, no, this wasn't this episode where Marty was creeping on Melissa, right? No, no, it's no next it wasn't, time. okay. Yeah, no, but it's like we start, we start, we we start off the match, and Striker starts to say something about if you're unfamiliar with Marty the Moth Martinez, I finish it off with, "Good, so are we." Yeah, <laughs> this I, I feel like this match more than anything else was very was kind of like a show off what Marty can actually do. Match. Well, we've had a few of those up to this point though. He's been a, in a few like four ways and like get fed to the shark singles matches. We're just kind of like a recurring theme here. And, and I love how like nobody still has like a full grasp on who the fuck Marty is. It, it, I think he just kind of like shows up and wrestles and leaves. He doesn't do any of this backstage drama bullshit. No one knows this guy. Yeah, everyone's like, everyone's like, hey, we got like a whole like backstage drama thing going on. Why would he get in on it? They're all very mad. Yeah. Uh, this, immediately Cage and the Max start going at each other. and kind Oh, of- yeah. And that's honestly their focus for the whole rest of the match. Is they're oh. mostly interested in fighting each other. Oh, it's so goddamn cool. It's like I I I love again, this is what I'm talking about. Like, we got like 
one little vignette of like Mac and and Cage together where Cage fucking Admittedly it was pretty intense. Yeah, Cage speared Mac through some lockers, but like that's about it. But like we're here we're just like having the two big boys go at it. And this is what I'm talking about. It's just like we saw this little vignette and it's cool to like it feels like in in a way that like the big companies just can't can't replicate. It feels so like organic almost, so homegrown, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Yeah, um, I should have written a bigger note here. I wrote Marty is a freak, and I was probably during one of his earlier uh, sequences where he was kind of just showing off his crazy athleticism, and then also like flapping like a moth. Yeah. Oh, and and, and Vamp Vamp has a great line about uh, I thought he was having a seizure with how he was moving his arms. There. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, not. Ah, uh, uh, yes, of course. As as we remarked before. The highly respectable Aztec family of the the, the, the moths. I mean, the, the, this, mo- the this, moth clan. I mean, in this in this uh, reality, uh, in this canon of Aztec history, you have the moth tribe alongside uh, the jaguar tribe, and I think the I think they eventually canonized the death tribe as a thing. There are uh, the, other tribes that I know of, but that would be spoilers for later in the series. Historical so. accuracy. Yeah, I've, obviously, back in the older days, the back in ancient history, there were seven Aztec tribes, and they all fought each other in very wrestling esque ways. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yes, that is exactly how ancient Aztec culture worked, along with we their know, magical his- medallions. With their magical medallions. And you know the 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 actual IRL dragons that were just flying around everywhere back then. Yep, good shit. Whatever. Yeah, I mean the role as for the the roles of this match, it kind of fits what you think it's gonna fit. Honestly, you know, Aerostar is the flyingiest. Yes. Uh, Marty and the Mac both are kind of Marty's more flippy than Mac is, but they're both kind of like can kind of do both. And then you got Cage as the powerhouse. Yeah, I mean, Cage, I will say, the other cool thing is, like, Cage is, you know, the big giant monster man, right? But watching him and Mac go at it, it makes Mac feel really cool. Because, like, you know, Mac's a big guy, but he's clearly not as big as Cage. But him being able to go toe-to-toe with Cage makes Mac feel very cool. And it's it's really fun to see Cage go up against, like, some more varied people because you know he was on that like puma um that that puma feud forever um yeah so putting up putting up putting him up against like people that are that feel very different from puma as wrestlers it's i don't know there's something there's something i find really um uh compelling about it uh made note of of one time in the house is it a cage at one point grabs Aerostar and then suplex and then uh fall away slams Aerostar over the top rope onto Marty. Yeah. Oh like, my god. Con- that was that was dope. There's there's another point somewhere um where Marty and Mac are both outside the ring and he's he's like fucking carrying Aerostar and just he he okay, so so he's Cage is facing like the center of the ring, and he but he's like toward the edge, 
and Marnie and Mac are just outside, and he's fireman carrying the Aerostar or whatever. He just casually flips Aerostar behind him onto Marty and Mac without looking, just kind of like yeah. went yeet, and it was the most metal shit I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I made a note of uh, Marty at one point when he was uh, on the on the had the advantage. I think he was pinning Mac, and he pins Mac, and he doesn't get uh, he gets a two count, and he goes to the ref one two trace, one two yeah. trace, and then he pins Mac again and another two count, and this time he goes Uno dos three, three. Uno dos three. What a fucking dork incredible uh aerostar and marty try to team late in the match aerostar and marty try to team up on cage uh cage does uh kind of take him out anyway yeah however this does allow mac who had, who had been taken out on the outside early a little bit earlier he pulls cage outside to sprawl and they they honestly spend the rest of the match fighting each other on the outside of the ring uh then marty is up on the top rope aerostar he goes up on the top he goes up to the top rope from the other side and then he walks along the middle rope not the top rope like phoenix does he walks along the middle rope and then he hurricane ron is marty and then he hits aerostar hits like the no arm splash thing he does yes for the win and has the third as yeah, Aerostar for the dub. Fuck yeah, baby. I'm happy. I know in the front half I said I was like rooting for Marty out of inevitability, but holy shit, my boy Aerostar getting the dub. That's what I'm goddamn talking about. Uh, I mean, these medallions, just to reiterate again, are probably hugely fucking cursed. However, however, it still mm -hmm. feels good to watch my boy get a dub. Sure, there's a lot of flippy boys winning these medallions. You got Phoenix, though they're quick to say on commentary they do not know the status of Phoenix at this point in time uh, because he died. He had the death match and lost. So they're like, it, when's he coming back? Um, don't, we don't, don't know worry about, about that. And Jack Evans and now Aerostar have the medallions. Yep. Uh, and, and, and Vamp and Striker are quick to point out at the beginning of the match that it's been like high flyy boys who have been winning the medallions and Aerostar continues that tradition. So I wonder if that's going to like be a thing for all seven or like if we're going to get some more giants in there to, to, to balance out with the cruisers. I'm fascinated to see kind of like what the prevailing trend is going to be from here on out. Sure. Sure. Uh, so then going forward, uh, we go backstage and fun and dysfunctional are training air uh, and how on is just doing some, I don't know, some stretchy looking shit. Yep. And uh, Ivalice and Son of Havoc are boxing. Yeah. And Ivalice and Son of Havoc start fighting. That's, of course they do. They do. They do be doing that. But then, out and see, so Ivalice starts like making a remark of like, if you, if, if, if you, if you keep this up, so help me God. Yeah. And Katrina, it comes in at this exact moment teleporting in god can't she, help you it's like god can't help you now because death will god, come for all god's three. not up here only katrina and katrina gets her most flirtatious yet in and i'm including when she was making out with phoenix on a regular basis oh yeah the sexual tension between between her and evil uh, mwah. 
Yeah, you know, she really thought she was about to plant one on her, kiss of death on her. I thought so hair. too. I was like, huh, gay? But nope. She just instead backs up and lifts the rock. Fucking lame. And out, and the disciples of death pop up behind fun and dysfunctional. And then after some very obvious smash cuts and where you can't really see anything happening, yes. uh, they're all knocked out. Fun dysfunctional's all knocked out. The disciples yeah. beat them up. I guess I guess disciples of death are going for the that that trio's belt. Woof. Yep, and then Mil Muertes pops in just to, you know, walk Katrina out of the gym. Yeah, it was it was so goddamn goofy. Like they, it, it, my favorite thing was as fucking the 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 disciples of death were rising up behind fun and dysfunctional. There was like these electricity, the electricity VFX added in and they're like, it's so fun. It's so clearly added in post, and it's so fucking goofy. But I love how goofy it is. Just these, yeah, like, with the with the addition, I want to say with the addition of the disciples of death. Now they're really leaning into this like electricity vibe for whenever any of them walk into the room. Like it's not just like a, the lights are flickering thing. Now it's like this idea is if they are like the electricity is going out. Yeah, like I don't know why zombies control electricity. Still not fully sure on that one. Uh, but you, you know whatever. Also, I guess the the servants of death or disciples of death don't have to like walk in like counterclockwise circles anymore to counter electricity they can just kind of do it i don't know maybe it's like one of those things like you know they walk in the circle for a little bit and it builds up like a charge they can have over a yeah long yeah yeah so like you know they 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 got to find a time soon to walk in another counterclockwise circle but not yet they still got a little bit of static charge left over you know yeah but it, it does look like for the trio's titles that the, the the death is coming for fun and dysfunctional you know i I, I think that's pretty fitting. Fun and Dysfunctional is able to, to stumble through so, so many dubs, but they can never defeat the, the, the inevitabilities of life. Death and tag, which, saying that out loud, all of a sudden, now we need IRS to show up with his own trio's tag to be the other possible. <laughs> the, the Disciples of Taxes? The Disciples of Taxes. Yeah. You know, uh, no, it's when, gotta when be. They, it's gotta be. It's gotta be alliterative. Um. Hmm. Um. The, the temple of taxes. The temple there of taxes and the disciples of death and team fun and dysfunction. And Freeway for the yeah, death and taxes, baby. Waka waka. They they made this joke with Undertaker before, but you know, fuck fuck you. We're 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 making it our own thing anyway. Yes. So we get the main event of episode 33, Drago versus Mil Muertes in a no, you know, it's not a no DQ match, but you know, it's effectively one. Uh, in a match for a number, the number one contendership for Ultima Lucha. Yeah, no, that's, uh, uh, that, that's, a, that's an oof to start off. Uh, Cause we know how that one's going to go. And also Hernandez just kind of like shows up after Drago makes his entrance, just, fuck him up a little bit yeah he, he is apparently big mad about losing last two weeks ago and his response is to just beat the shit out of drago yeah and... he like he de-belts himself and like fucking tries to choke drago out with his belt. which is about to be as it turns out a motif a motif to to an extent we'll we'll get there that's a surprise tool for later 
Yes. So after the whipping of a dragon, uh, Hernandez bounces out. And so we cut back from commercial break and it's, and like the referee is like asking Drago if he's still good to fight. Mm -hmm. Drago of course answers. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and and Bam's like, you can't keep Drago down. That's only going to make him more angry. You've tapped, you've tapped into the fury of Drago. I I wrote down the exact quote because I was like, this is absolutely insane from Vampiro. Uh, Everything Vampiro says is absolutely insane. Yeah, that beating has only provoked devastation inside that man's soul. That, sure. Oh, wait, wait, also, wait, is this, is this now or is it, oh, no, that was next episode, never mind, keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. So then out comes Mil Muertes and Katrina, and, 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 uh, and and it, it is the match of the white iris contacts. We stare into both of their dead eyes. These these men, both having come so far from from where they started, and you can tell they've made character progress because they're both wearing contacts that make their irises pure white. Ah. Dra- Drago is now colored a dark purple. Yeah, is it dark purple? It just reads as black to me. I thought it was more dark purple than black, uh, whatever. but it's pretty dark either way. Yes, he's no longer a friendly, happy blue dragon. Now he's an angry, dark purple slash black dragon. Unfortunately, did not help. Yeah, you know, um, unfortunately. It was a largely one-sided affair because is Drago is, is, is supposed to be injured and, you know, Mil Muertes is the hot new thing. Yeah. Where- also, Vampiro at one point insinuates that... Uh, he said something about like you know professionalism, but this is a match that won't be professional. Uh, insinuating that uh, zombies and hell dragons are incapable of professionalism, which I will have you know, many of my friends are both zombies and hell dragons. They are some of the most professional people I've ever met. Absolutely, so check, very, very cha cha check your privilege, Vampiro. That's very offensive. Deeply, suggest. deeply. I'm 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 shocked and appalled. Um, also, yeah, so... this shout out to this match, kind of finally really making me realize just how much like. Mel Muertes is like a tribute act to Undertaker because like he's he's got the he's got the valet with the magic item he's an undead zombie wizard and he he's now doing the fucking sit up spots. Mm. Mil, we need Mel Muertes to do a PSA about how there's no hope with dope. Wait, no way. Yes. No way. The Undertaker dude. did the Undertaker in the 90s did an anti-drug PSA where he's literally like he like literally is shoveling open a grave spot for and then as and then he's like there's no hope with dope. Please please tell me that he ends it by saying if you do drugs you're going to rest in pieces. No, that was the end line was no hope with dope. Lame. Wait, wait, you had such a fucking gimme right there. Like, what? Okay, you can have him start to say, there's no hope with dope. Which, first of all, Undertaker being a narc is is just so disappointing. I mean, it kind of checks out. It, it's like implied he's from, he was born in like the Civil War era oh, of America. Oh, oh, no. Oh, no. Undertaker's an ultimate boomer. Oh, shit. Yeah, because yeah, like in a different storyline... Where he is forced to be on Team America, he ha- he opens his coat 
and it's like an older version of the American flag. <laughs> oh my god. Is this one is a biker a... or no? This is Survivor Series 1993. Okay, weird. And that was new generation nonsense. I have to say, I do appreciate. I have to say, in that instance, I appreciate the attention to detail. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so regardless of whether or not there's hope with dope, uh, I I did finally realize. I, I'm now like paranoid that I actually have made this connection in previous episodes, and I'm just forgetting. But I feel like this is the first mm-hmm. time I really connected with like. Holy shit, this guy just kind of is like Mexican variant, like masked luchador undertaker. Yeah, Neat. a little bit. Uh anyway, so one side is fair. Paul Bear Paul Bear would be an w- even better manager if he started licking people. I want Paul Bear to choke Vince McMahon and to make out with people, have a steamy affair with one of with one of the Undertaker's, you know, rivals at one point. Steamy and- affair with uh Chex Notes mankind <laughs> i would pay good money to see paul bearer aggressively make out with mankind holy oh, shit no i that is the kind of rep that the lgbt community needs on wwe tv okay i will accept nothing less fuck the billion chuck angle the marriage should have been between Mick Foley and Paul Bearer. Oh, boy. Paul Bearer, do you take mankind to be your lawfully, lawfully wedded husband? Oh, yes! <laughs> I really didn't think that we could possibly go here on this particular episode. I thought... We always... Motherfucker, we always find a way to go here. We... we we were making incest jokes out of Heidenreich. Yeah, what, but that felt that felt connected to what we were to the episode. It, it, it kind of got rabbit holey, okay? What a what a deep we, rabbit hole we've we gone always down we always get this whole show is a rabbit hole. <laughs> anyway, back back to the match. Finally, yeah. So so one sided affair. Shit's getting messy because of course it is. Uh. Mil Mortez grabs the wooden chairs from the audience and starts yeeting Drago around in them, on them, etc. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd chants get the coffin, get the coffin. uh, Yikes! And then, and then, and then chair shenanigans happen, and then the crowd proceeds to chant, uh, "We want tables," because again, bloodthirsty motherfuckers, a lot of them. This is how dragons die with thunderous applause. Yeah, uh, and Milmort is more than happy to oblige with the commentators table. Yeah, slams Drago uh, into the uh, announcer's t- desk. Kind of uh, surprised it didn't break. Yeah, but Drago, he, I mean, he fights hard. He fights best he can, but you know. And like, you gotta wonder, in this no DQ match, where the fuck are Drago's nunchucks? He's training with them. It's clearly no DQ. My, my man, why didn't he probably, you come back yeah, he, he probably could have brought his nunchucks and it would have been fine. Yeah, like, look, I know Man Muertes is the scary zombie man who controls electricity or whatever, but I, I even don't think scary zombie man who controls electricity or whatever can properly stand up terribly well to, you know, getting beamed in the head with fucking nunchucks. Yeah, yeah exactly. Please, yeah, we, I, uh, we, we find out. I is, oh God, I keep getting this match and the and the one from the next episode mixed up. Is this where 
they say that he's a that that nope. Drago's a kung fu master. Is that next no. episode? That's nah, next. All right, we'll get there then. But we'll get a payoff to the nunchucks eventually. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, but you know, all this to say, shockingly, rip in pieces, Drago. Yeah, Mil Muertes rat gets Drago up for the flatliner for the win, mm-hmm. and then Katrina crawls on it, crawls on in there, licks Drago, then starts macking on Mill. you know, wholesome the their their version of a menage a trois. Their relationship is very healthy, you know. Very healthy, very stable, uh, and they are two completely well-adjusted humans whose uh, mental faculties we should not be worried about in the slightest. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then uh, Puma comes down to confront Mill, and Conan is in all white, and I'm like symbolism. Absolutely, absolutely, we got to have our visual distinctions. Yep. Uh, so then that is the end of episode 33. We move on to then episode 34 in Dario's office. Uh, Chavo walks in and he demands that, that, Ch- that Dario give him the last thing he asked for. And Dario jokingly forgets what he meant, what he asked for. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a joke. I'm joking. Yeah, and what Chavo wanted was a shot at the Lucha Underground Championship, and sure. and uh, Dario ex- explains that he can that, that uh, Chavo will get he can get anything he wants for all the good work he's done, and Chavo is like, hmm, well, anything, anything, and he and he and he says that you know the match would be a lot better, you know, if Conan when his cane weren't around. Yeah, fuck and this so, Conan guy, fuck his cane. And Dario says, well, how about this? If Conan interferes, you win the title. Which, sidebar, gotta say, I just kind of have expected Dario to put out a hit on Conan instead and found it almost anticlimactic that he's like, oh yeah, no, we can just keep Conan intact and just ban him from ringside. Okay. Yeah, sure. But then, well, I mean, is the crew really that effective for hits? No, but like I, sh- I don't know. Maybe it's finally time to let Matanza out of the cage or something. Or I don't, I don't know. I'm sure you have someone on your payroll who'd be willing to like kick that old man's ass if you floated them a little bit of extra cash. Something Rick, here. Rick could do it, but he's too busy getting paid by Divari. He's too. He cannot outprice. Divari, do you think? So. Do you do you think that like for a little bit of extra elbow grease or whatever palm grease that that Rick would be like, yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> Uh, uh, something else though, man, I, I, Dario's like really playing all sides and so he can come out on top because he's just like, he's just willing to promise everybody everything, even though like, you know, he's shown to be a shady motherfucker and like Chavo knows if he wins against Pumi has to go up against like Supreme Scary Motherfucker Mill. And I know Chavo's like cocky, but like. Man, you think he'd have some trepidation about that? You think anybody would have any trepidation about agreeing to something with Dario, seeing how like everything that Dario like kind of promises people always ends up like fucking monkey paw backfiring on them? You feel like his subordinates would catch on by this point or something? No, that, they're all. That it's they're literally all, the only winner like, at the end of the day is always like, fucking Dario. They're all like, no, it can't possibly happen to me. Ah, uh, yes. Oh no, the tiger is eating my face. How did this happen? 
I never thought the leopard would eat my face. The leopard, said, pardon me. The uh, leopard, the uh, leopard eating faces group. Dario Cueto, famous, famous uh, leopard, uh, notable for face eating. Yes. So then the first match of the second episode here is Delavar Davari versus Tejano. Yeah. Uh, this was just kind of like an okay sure match. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel I feel like I've only ever watched Davari wrestle Tejano at this point. Yeah, seriously. I, and we just kind of hate Davari because he's rich, which like technically based, but also like that means we're rooting for for Tahano by default, which doesn't feel right. Tahano just seems like an annoying asshole. Yeah, I, I mean he's it's fine. I don't I don't really care about this storyline enough to be excited for match three. Yeah, me uh, neither. It was a it was I mean it was a it was a solid match. That was about it. I don't really give a shit. Uh I oh I do want to say I do want to say backing it up a little bit to when the episode started. Uh we have a, a new band performing for the temple, Mexican Dubwiser, which that's a great name. Uh, Good the name. singer for Mexican Dubweiser is like this elderly black gentleman with like who's, who's wearing like short sleeve button up bow tie, like kind of looking like a dork. And he is my new favorite. The vibes he gives. I off am are not proud surprised dork. that bow tie dude is your new favorite of the singers he's a, of this. Pro, like, this he's, he's a he's a he gives off proud dork vibes, and it me. Yep. So uh, I made a note that Vampiro seemed to be struggling with remembering and saying Delavar Devari's name. He stumbled <laughs> Del- around with it a do lot. Do you mean Delavari? Yeah, at one point he does end up mixing both names and calling him Delavari. And Stryker calls him out for it. And Vamp's like, well, well, yeah, yeah, you know, I just I just felt like it was appropriate. Yeah, okay, buddy, sure. Yeah, all right. The match Best goes about out. The match goes how you think it's going to go, in that Tejano is way higher level than Divari. So Big Rick just shows up to interfere every once in a while. And yep. that's how Divari gets the advantage. Uh huh. Uh huh. Real, real shocker there. We, we got to have our scary boy muscle to, to make the heel more of a bastard or whatever. I feel like Vampira was on something this match because I made note of him giving shit to the referee. Uh, talking about how you can't trust a guy who's called Lefty but is right-handed, which I, I'm pretty sure Vent, Matt Stryker gave Lefty that name anyway. Yeah, oh the my god, giggles. I forgot about the fucking Lefty thing. That was so goofy. Yeah, and then Vampiro tries to, like, says some shit about the Globetrotters and, like, why don't they ever win the, M- why don't they win the NBA championship or whatever. And then he, like, gives Rick shit for wearing an eye patch being what, like what what being like you got to turn all the way to see anything what i don't understand vampiro dude. and then during a moment where like they're doing the bit where both wrestlers are down and so the ref is like one two hey, three hey. and if they had stayed down for the town of can both stayed down for tenants to draw mm-hmm. so they're doing that that bit and vampiro just is like hey do you think rick can count to which Stryker has to be like, yes, Rick can count. What what does that mean, Vampiro? Like, why why do you think Rick is stupid? Is it is it is it because he's he's black, Vampiro? I, I would be more inclined to think it's just because he's the muscle. 
the, maybe the but also the, thing but you but know also vampiro goes on to say like some kind of ableist shit so i don't know i feel like he might have some um preconceived biases that he has yet to examine sure sure uh so the end of the match here is that uh rick grabs um uh, the bull rope that tahano always brings to the match he wraps it around his fist he tries to hit tahano manages to miss tahano super kicks rick off the apron and then tahano just walks over and it's out sit out powerbomb for the win uh, go to hell and die to davari yeah, sure, waka waka. I don't give a shit, but congrats to our new cool. to face turned Tahano. Well, that's the end of that, hopefully. Uh, as we go backstage where Conan is like ruminating and pondering while Puma is working out and he's like, Chavo is many things. He's a, he's, he's a snake and a dirt bag, but he's not a champion. Yes. so he's like just stay focused and don't worry about it you got this tonight uh, you know the the standard conan pep talk sure. and then katrina arrives to talk shit yeah dude katrina's fucking popping this in on everybody very, this was a very heavy two episodes of katrina and mil muertes and i don't hate it but also she kind of just says the same shit three times motherfuckers getting cocky they're just like Nobody can defeat Mil Muertes. Wow. Hey, you suck, and you suck, and you suck. I'm better than, better than, better I'm than, better than, than you. Than you. Mil, Mil Muertes be like, cut my music, cut my music. And then he shoots a fucking lightning bolt at the speakers to turn them off. Yeah. So, so Katrina, you know, she says all of her normal shit. And then Mil Muertes, they do a cool, really cool shot. Yeah, okay, I gotta I gotta shut this up. This dope ass like perspective shot of like from underneath of Mill Mm -hmm. walking through the locker room toward Puma that makes him look like a goddamn giant. That was horrifying. The the camera guy keeps continuing to like waffle back and forth between artistic genius and absolute. Between the Yeah, the greatest thing ever, the worst thing ever. This is he's he's on the greatest side for now. We'll see how long that lasts. Yeah. So they have you get a cool stare down between uh Prince Puma and Mil Muertes before a boat before the dark the death guys teleport out of there and then Conan is like it's all mind games don't let him get in your head uh-huh uh-huh yeah Co- Conan ability to uncanny ability to just stay cool in any situation like fuck fuck <laughs> he he's just he, he just he, don't give me excuses give me results the fucking like temple is is like burning down around them and he's like ah oh, it's just all mind games fucking get the go get the mind games, or I'm get disowning the you. focus focus or i'm disowning you yeah so we then uh we go to another commercial break and then we go back to the locker room and conan is talking to a mystery figure uh-huh. and he's and he's talking about how you know i know you want chavo's ass and he's like you know what after this you know it's no dq after all this shit you know, it's time to get back at Chavo for the for Mexico. Yeah, fucking <laughs> uh, Conan really said they said I couldn't be at ringside. They didn't say shit about they nobody about else. You, yeah. Oh, I also shit. I realized I got to take it back to the to the last match because something I completely forgot to call out was at one point Striker actually gained self awareness and questioned why officials keep missing heel shenanigans like. 
after all these years of that continuing to be a thing. I, th I think that's why I think that's why uh, Vampiro started ranting about the Globetrotters. <laughs> it might have been. But yeah, I just remembered Stryker says the thing we've always been thinking of like, He's man, after years and years of like proof that heels like to heal it up and like do shit while the ref's back is turned. Why the fuck haven't the refs wised up to like, hey, there's probably bullshit going on behind my back right now. I should, you know, check that out. I'm going to need you to stop saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> but it's all fake. Stryker. That's why. Strikers, strikers over here. Fucking, fucking breaking kayfabe in real time. Whoops. Yeah, how about, yeah fuck off of that shit. How about uh, you so then, not? So the second match of episode 34, Hernandez versus Drago. We're just getting right to it. Hell yeah. After last week. Yeah, uh, I know Hernandez looked kind of spooked by Drago's whole thing coming out. Yeah, his his cool has been broken <laughs> a little bit. He's like, he's like, uh, what have I gotten myself involved with? Yeah. And it is this match where they explain that Drago is a champion of karate. Yeah, yeah. So another thing to add to the lore list is that apparently dragons can become, can and have become karate champions which would explain the nunchucks yeah i would explain the nunchucks is that why drag last time i hypothesized that drago's inability to fly and not look like a dork flying was actually his his ability the reason he was able to survive when all the other dragons went extinct but perhaps it was not his inability to fly that allowed him to survive when all other dragons failed it was his it was his uh proclivities towards karate absolutely Dra fucking all the other dragons were making fun of drago for getting his black belt and drago's like fuck you guys i'll show you i'll show you one day i'll show you all uh, it's worth it and then like the dragon slayers come to town and all the dragons are like oh shit we're all dying the great, and Dra the great drago dragon the great dragon genocide that yeah, literally you know, happened at some point drago standing proud in the middle of it all with his black belt proudly displayed, goes, Kia! And then proceeds <laughs> to fight his way past all the assailants and survive the great dragon massacre. I think we I think we found the true answer here, Austin. This is what if makes all, perfect sense. Hmm. In the to paraphrase Kimba the White Lion, now that we've been <laughs> thinking about this. Is, to paraphrase if, Kimba the White Lion! If oh, if only those dragons had been more like Drago, then they wouldn't have had to have been exterminated. Ah! Oh yeah, I forgot about the practical genocide apology that happens the in Kimba the, the White Line. Genocide, the elephant, the elephant genocide, genocide episode. You know, elephants. It sure is a tragedy you got genocided. But have you considered getting that good? You're all asshole. Have you considered yeah. that you're all assholes and you deserved it? Yeah. Uh, you know, a thing that 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 cultures famously deserve genocide. Yes, same thing happened with the dragons. Here is they were all mm -hmm. assholes and they got genocided by tanks or something. Then all the dragons loved him before they proceeded to die. <laughs> Drago, the black belt dragon. He went to a cave and cried. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you know everybody everybody's favorite christmas carol drago the black belt dragon. 
What is our show? What are the things we're doing? <laughs> Guys, I think I broke Austin. I think I I think I think he's I think he's a little bit. Austin has gone bye bye, friends. <laughs> well then, looks, looks like I'm taking over this here podcast, folks. Austin is indisposed because he he finds a great amount of comedic value in Drago the Black Belt Dragon. Uh, uh. Okay. Okay. Let's y'all get there, let's, buddy. Are you let's, sure? Let's get, let's get back to the wrestling. Oh god. Anyway. Why why does this keep happening with the dragon man? <laughs> we gotta keep adding lore, Austin. What is Lucha Underground without its random fucking lore? <laughs> All it's because right, they right, have this. It's it's right up there in in you know brilliant creative choices with you know the moth tribe of ancient Azteca, the ancient moth tribe. I respect the moth tribe. I I I I don't. That that's your that's your cross to bear, my man. Hmm. You'll see. You'll I will see. see. You'll all see. <laughs> yeah. So. The match is honestly a lot. Of, it's very similar, a very similar pl- structure to the Drago uh, Mil Muertes fight from the uh, uh, about 15 minutes prior. Yes. Uh, however, 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 Hernandez ain't no Mil Muertes, so her so Drago gets a lot more offense. Yes, and the match ends in a rather interesting way, wherein Hernandez fucking seizes somebody from the gr- crowd, rips off. The audience members, but I assume this person was a plant, but still, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but like, seizes somebody from the crowd, rips off his belt, and then proceeds to choke Drago out with it, which gets him fucking disqualified. I know where this is leading. From that, we are we are not done with this this story. Please, please tell me random audience member gets involved in this whole segment. In this I whole like thing. Do not wish to spoil how this goes from here. Uh-huh. Okay. But uh-huh. Hernandez, uh, you of course we get Vampiro making the lovely comment of that's some prison love right there. Uh Hernandez. Yeah, prison race jokes. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about right. <clears throat> and then Hernandez, like the biggest heel in the whole building in my book. He gets a microphone after this match. Yes. And he says, you dumbass fans, you don't realize dragons aren't real. Hey, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy. What the, what the fuck? He's, dragons are, dragons are very real. I know, I have believed in dragons all my life. How can you say that? I Next, next, next you'll say that, that, that Reaganomics don't actually trickle down to the low, to the, to the working class. Fucking. Fucking get get out of here with you with your this ain't real that ain't real well, hey bullshit. Now. Well, I believe in thi- fact. Well, one of those is a fairy tale. One of the one of those is a fairy tale, and it ain't dragons. Let me and tell the you. other and the other thing is about dragons. Hey oh, uh, so fucking wreck. Anyway, so yeah, her, he explains that Drago is just a man, a man that he whooped ass, and the <laughs> crowd is jeering him, and he 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 starts challenging fans to fight him. 
Yeah, yeah. Fight me, bro. Like, Come at me, bro. And honestly, there are a few people in the crowd who looks like they are more than willing to like take that off. They would have been willing to try. Absolutely. I feel like Hernandez. If Hernandez had like stepped a little too close to like one of the like within one of those fans, like you know personal bubble they would have just fucking jumped him which i think would have been a great a, a great addition to this episode is 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 hernandez getting in actual irl shoot fights with the fans because he told them <laughs> dragons aren't real yeah uh well, another thing to the add to the list of something that actually gets under this deeply fucked up audience's skin is being told that dragons aren't real man their priorities are just on so straight fuck that <laughs> Anyway. So backstage, Chavo Guerrero is getting ready for his big match tonight. And guess who? Katrina. Waka waka. What well, if Katrina said the same thing for a third time in this series of episodes? Wyatt so much, I think I'll have it a third time. So then Mill teleports in and Chavo is like, yeah, fuck this. I ain't scared of nothing. Yeah, Ch Chavo just... You know, giving off pure Chavo vibes of like ever everyone else is like kind of intimidated by the zombie guy. Chavo's like, nah, it's cool. I can take him. I can, it's like I you can really can't. I'm a guerrero. <clears throat> and then Mill just raid screams. Yeah, Mill Mill Muertas deeply insulted that, that Chavo's not quaking in his boots at the sight of him. Yep. So Mill's then that's like, number oh sorry. There's a, there, there's no Mill, Mill's just like there's a decorum to this. So then anyway. match three, Marty the Moth Martinez versus Alberto El Patron. And Marty is uncomfortably close to Melissa Santos. Just, you know, Joe Bidening Melissa Santos, get, as you get, do. Get used to that. He'll be doing that a lot. I feel like we've seen him do that previously, too. Yeah. Uh, I do love Marty the Moth's uh, bright yellow Aztec Pride shirt that is just bright yellow and in black letters Aztec Pride. In across I feel the I feel like he's got he's got the colors of the wrong insect on there, but you know you do you boo. Yeah, it looks a little bee-ish. Yeah, a little bit. Hey, you know what? For all we know, there is a fucking like Aztec bee tribe. All right, they 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 like put out their their hands and go buzz, buzz, buzz. <laughs> a bee tribe and a moth tribe. That seems excessive. Better, better rivals. They were like, there can only be one insect theme ancient Aztec tribe. And they fought for supremacy for, for many years. This is true, actually. Mm -hmm. That's that's fair. That checks uh, out. So, Alberto Patron, it's a squash match again. Another one. Yeah, you look. Squash Marty. Man, it, it, I, I'm, I'm kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place here because I'm still fucking weirded out by this Marty guy. But uh, but also, fuck Alberto Patron. So, everybody's a loser today. Uh um, vamp, the, the great, great little exchange between Striker and Matt, where or Striker and Vampire. Hey, bad to women versus shoot bad to women. How? What a what a rot! What a terrible place to be in. Oh man, man, this is just woof. No, but at one point, like Vampiro starts to say, "Is it? You know, is it just me?" Or and then Striker cuts him off and goes, "It's usually you." Meh. <laughs> But I, we, which, we are, wait, wait to call him out. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we are continuing the plot thread of questioning, like, is Marty legit about this tribe thing? Probably. I, I, admit, Why? I, I, I admit I've already kind of given the game away by talking about his moth tribe, but this no. was the season one story here of like, is, is he legit when he's talking about having Aztec DNA? 
God, we're about to do some, like, mint berry crunch shit with this, aren't we? Where he's, like, the gooberiest of all the, like, tribe reps or whatever. But then, like, you know, there's gonna be some, like, moth deity that shows up at some point and is like, My son, you, you have... You you have become worthy, inherit my godly moth power, and then Marty's just start like fucking flying around and like dicking on everybody. I will in fact not say anything with regards to where this art goes with Marty. I, I get the feeling it's gonna be like variations on a theme of Mintberry Crunch. That that is that is my prediction that I'm putting in right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, after the match, Alberto El Patron gets a mic and he calls out Johnny Mundo. And he talks about how Johnny Mundo made a big old mistake by putting him through the window because it stirred up something crazy in him, something sadistic. And it's like, I feel like we are, I am being like, I am actively being gaslit on how this storyline went. Yeah. I, I know that I understand that significant, that like the announcers in the crowd have absolutely no context for all that shit that happened backstage when Alberto El Patron was passive aggressively being a dick, but also, but absolutely nobody is talking about it. And it feels like I, and it's like, what the fuck? I remember this. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why the hell they played it that way. Cause like Alberto Patron is like this fucking cultural icon hero. And then they like backstage had him act like a dick to Johnny Mundo. But then like, uh, as far as anyone who, like, doesn't watch the TV show knows, he's just a great guy. And Johnny Mundo's this asshole heel who's just dicking on everybody's favorite cultural icon for no reason. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be any, like, payoff coming about that. So why even do it like that in the first place? Yeah. I mean, cool. Uh, 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 this storyline doesn't have very much longer ago anyway. It's whatever. I, I will say, I do, I do, I appreciate at the very least the fact that the, sh- the TV show was willing to kind of like turn and wink at me and go like, you know, all these idiots out here think that Patron's a good guy, but, but we, we both know who, yeah. the, who the true asshole is here. Mm-hmm. Which like, you know, I it's appreciate a, that. It's a, Buck cool con- it's, Patron. A, it's a really neat concept for it to tell a story in a way that only Lucha Underground could do because of the way they set up the show but, but i also really feel like shit. they're not i yeah i feel like they're not really like actively calling it out yeah okay yep uh moving on hey uh but yeah so yeah he ends with Alberto his, Patron just says, w- says wake me up inside wake and, me up yeah save me <laughs> specifically from johnny mundo yep uh, and then we move on to the main event of the evening, Chavo Guerrero versus Prince Puma <clears throat> in a no DQ match, except if Conan gets involved, uh, yeah, we, which, which, which Vampiro is of course, extremely horny for. Yeah. And then for the Lucha Underground Championship, I wrote Vampiro doesn't know where Bale is. Oof. Uh, Vampiro is the one who calls it out. There's like, you know, we haven't seen Bale for weeks. Wonder what's happened to that guy. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Talk about like nobody like t- talk about the shit that happens backstage that nobody like IRL has any context for. They're still like, where the fuck is Bale? I don't know. Okay, don't don't investigate any further. Please think no further about it. 
I hope he's having a nice vacation. Yeah, so honestly, the match is uh, just a step above a squash match. Yeah. Which honestly, I feel like checks out for the most part because Chavo Guerrero is a dirtbag. Yeah. He's not been portrayed as a particularly powerful dirtbag. Yeah, it's honestly kind of satisfying to watch Chavo get his shit knocked around, and the only way that he's, like, standing on, on any legs at all to, like, properly face off against, like, the extremely battle-hardened Prince Puma is by having, like, the two-thirds of crew fuck around and find out during the match. Yeah, yeah so Chavo, I wrote he fakes a leg injury, but he also limps on it the whole rest of the match, so maybe it was a real one. I just assumed I, it was fake, because that sounds about right. Yeah. Honestly, we'll find out that yeah. we, we've had instances on the show before where we're like not entirely sure if we're getting worked when it comes to injuries because like either way people will be like pretty hardcore about selling them. Um, but also shout out to commentary having for the second episode in a row, X babyface has to overcome the odds. How many times can they can they do this? Commentary, mm -hmm. which uh, boo, get some new fucking material. We get yeah, we, we get it. The the baby faces. Keep going up against impossible odds and keep coming out on top. When's the other shoe gonna drop? We get it. The other shoe's dropping soon. Just, just please. Yeah, please. I can. Please. I have a good guess when that shoe's about to drop. You know, you know I, I, I have a. I have how, a how many? How many? How many episodes are left in the season? Five. I have yeah. a pretty solid about guess, then. and by that I mean I kind of know exactly what's gonna happen because I like accidentally spoiled myself on what the fuck goes on with Matanza. Uh, at the end of the season. Oops, so sorry. Uh, that that's not a that's not sorry, no that's not something that. for you to apologize. That was me getting curious about like Jeff Cobb as a wrestler and then like accidentally like yes, on his he is Mat page. Yeah, he's Matanza. Yeah, that yeah. Well, I I figured that out. Um, and then and you know he's been showing up on AEW and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I want to learn more about this Jeff Cobb guy. It seems like he gets around a lot. What has he done? And then I like accidentally like skimmed over like. Part of the uh, part of his Wikipedia page talks about what happens at the end of season one of Lucha Underground. I was like, God fucking damn it! Yep. So Chavo, uh, even though it is a no DQ match and they could have jumped in at any time, it's not until Chavo gets hurt and the and the rest back is turned that the crew jump in. I know, I know. He, again, technically no DQ, but whatever. Yeah. So the crew go to town. I mean, Prince the, the crew are just so used to doing shady bullshit. That they're just like they they just like default to doing it in shady mode even gotta wait. completely legal yeah they, they 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 they're not used to just being able to just do it they gotta they yeah. gotta make an opportunity uh so prince puma almost fights the two of them off by himself uh but he does end up getting double teamed and taken down there chavo is going up to the top rope and at this point conan yells to this cavalry and it's tahano to come and even the odds and he yeah, takes out, yeah, he takes out, he takes out everybody. Now. Yeah, he is now the face of Mexico or whatever. Uh, sure. He takes everybody out. Puma hits the 630 and Dude, wins. Fuck you. Yeah, Chavo and goes down like a fucking bitch. Yeah, the match only goes like seven minutes at most. Honestly, short for a main event. Dude, we've seen so many like challenges for puma's title wherein they're just like mm -hmm. these deeply stressful wars it's honestly really nice to see puma do a match where he just like easily kicks ass and the only reason he has any trouble whatsoever is because of like heel shenanigans mm -hmm. that's fair i agree uh so then after 
the match. Tejano gets on the microphone and explains to Chavo that Mexico is still coming for him. He, as it turns out, beating Blue Demon Jr. a second time did not scare the whole of Mexico away. So shock, shock of all shock. Sorry shockers. about that. Yeah, and then we get a rare post-credit scene. Yeah. And Chavo is sitting in the locker room. He's pissed off. And then Blue Demon walks in. And Chavo, like, tries to bait him into something. And Blue Demon is like, nah, man, I, I'm not going to fight you. You're I have already honor. Injured. Fuck you. I, I'm, you're already hurt. I'm not going to fight an injured man. I'm a good man. I'm not you. And Chavo decides to still needle him, though. And, he's, and he talks about how, like, uh, man, sure, I bet you wish that was you out there tonight who kicked my ass and had the adoring cheers of the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it's because the fans realize that you washed up and you suck and Tejano is <laughs> better than you. And okay. Tejano is Mexico. And this pisses off Blue Demon. He like starts ch- ch- pushing Chavo into the lockers and he goes that I am Mexico. And he yeah. walks off and Chavo smirking like a little shit because he is now caught. He is now pushing the two people trying to kick his ass into kicking each other's ass instead. I will say, he though, he comes out safest again. Yeah, as much as I will say, though, much as uh, much as annoying to see Chavo continue to pull more heel bullshit that I am Mexico Chavo line from Blue Demon was so metal. Like we, we've, we've only gotten kind of like just you know, nostalgia act Blue Demon in Lucha Underground up until this point. You just kind of here to be like, ah, look, everybody, it's Blue Demon. Ah, yay! So, yay! So hearing him go, I am Mexico, was kind of awesome. That Yeah. Was, the, he, he went up about, like, 20 cool points in my book just for that. So, fuck yeah. Love me some yep. Blue Demon. I, I am now a big Blue Demon guy. Let's go. Yeah, so that ends the episode, and the two more good episodes. We're all it's all building one, two, three, four, five episodes left in season one. We are coming down the stretch. That's so wild, dude. Yep. So only three more episodes of our podcast before we're done with season one. Season one. We got three more seasons to go, baby. Oh man, all right. (laughs) Hey, look. This is like our long-running thing. We're, we're doing this for years and years. Yep, yep, yep. So that is the end of episode today. Next time on the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, another storyline we're finally getting back to. And yes! We're going back to July 2005 uh, is SmackDown. And last time we learned that, uh, that uh, Eddie, he knows a secret. And... Mm. What will Rey Mysterio do to not have that secret spilled? We will find it's, out. I guess we got to find out. In the greatest storyline that WWE ever told. Oh, God, I'm, I'm so fucking happy we're doing this. Holy shit. Yeah. I am so excited. Yeah. So, but that is for next time. Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. My friends, my dear friends, thank you so much for joining us on once and uh, for yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so, so delighted to have you here. Returning listeners, viewers, what have you, you know the drill. Thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever it is you use to consume our content. Just keep coming back. You know you love it. We we, we love having you here. New people. Hey, how's it going? Uh, 
We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are brand new to the wrestling fandom or you're a grizzled veteran of the discourse, uh, either way, we hope you've had a great time here. We hope you feel welcome here and, and you know, like you want to keep coming back. If you would like to keep coming back, feeling welcome, having a great time with us here, and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, and make sure it turns a nice little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Uh, just, you know, give us all that sweet, sweet engagement. Uh, come check out all of all of our playlists. Austin has been kind enough to organize all the storylines that we follow uh, into their own, like, kind of separate little playlists. So if you want to follow a certain thing all the way down, you can do that without a whole lot of skipping around. And on more recent episodes, you can see our beautiful faces, our lovely, sexy, like, updated HUD, all the little visual gags that we hide in there for the people who bother to watch us. It's a great time. Come check us out, Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. But of course, for those of you who enjoy the audio-only experience, we have options for you too. Noobs and Knockouts, you can find out three of the best places to find your podcast, which would be Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Come check us out there. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a positive review. Download our fucking episode. Check, check, check all of it out. Tell the algorithm with your nice words if you're so inclined that these guys are pretty cool and, you know, maybe more people should be listening to them. I don't know. Just saying. Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Spotify, on Google, and Apple Podcasts. That audio experience, mwah, it's a good time. Then, of course, to get in kind of contact with us, there is our all of our little social media stuff. First and foremost is our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Pod on Twitter. That's Noobs, the letter N, Pod on Twitter. Come check us out there. You know, we, we, we do memes. We do discourse. We drop. Uh, we 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 post every single time we drop a brand new episode, so you guys know what the hell is going on. Uh, of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Right, uh, as per usual, every Wednesday night at eight PM Eastern on TBS is AEW Dynamite. I know Mike. Me, me and David watch that pretty much every week live. So one of us, usually one, at least one of us, is tweeting about that. Uh, then also, I keep up with WWE, AEW, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. Uh, so upcoming uh, for WWE on July 30th, I am busy that night, so I won't be watching live. But that is WWE SummerSlam. Which which uh, will not be headlined by Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns anymore. Well, that hasn't been changed yet. Well. And it, it, they, there's, the storyline is that this is the last time they are ever going to fucking wrestle, which... Well, that's looking to be about right anyway. If that if it happens, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, so you got that. You know, Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey. Please, I need in my life somebody from the Riot Squad beating Ronda Rousey. Yes, you know, please. Ruby Soho ain't going to do shit for me. So you know what? Liv Morgan is champion. Best I'm going to get. I'll take it. Hell please. yes. Please. Logan Paul versus The Miz. All yep. right. Yep. Logan, Logan Paul's now officially signed with the WWE. Yeah. Maybe. All right. Fucking go. And uh, Matt Riddle versus Seth Rollins probably going to be the best technical match of the night. Uh, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. You know, uh, it would be funny if Becky, if Bianca won this match in like 30 seconds, but I would prefer if she didn't. Oh, well. Well, because, you know, because Becky beat her last year. In oh, like 30 in 30 seconds. seconds. Well, you know. You know yeah, give us a real match, please. But, you know, Booker's going to book her. 
Sure, sure, sure. Well, whoever the booker is nowadays. Oh, well, Bruce, yeah, we'll it's find Bruce out. Pr Bruce Pritchard is doing the booking right now. Oh, uh, good. Well, we'll find out. Yep. So that's WWE it's July 30th for Saturday for SummerSlam, but I uh, have stuff to do. So I won't be watching that one. Uh, meanwhile, the AEW All Out is mm. September the 4th. So mm. obviously, we don't really have any matches going for that one right now but you know it's back in chicago again it's probably gonna be pretty sick they don't oh, do a lot of papers anyway and then impact wrestling has bound for glory upcoming in october they do not currently have any matches set for that obviously but we'll keep you up to date on that as it happens absolutely be sure to check all of that out it's a great time over on the twitter if you enjoy listening to this podcast you know austin's voice and my voice they both carry over pretty fucking solidly to the twitter so if you enjoy listening to one or both of us ramble about wrestling for uh, you know hours on end here you'll you'll enjoy it over on the twitter noobs and knox pod on twitter come check us out there for super direct contact with us of course there is our email address you can email us at noobs and knockouts pod at gmail or uh noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com that's noobs the word and this time knockouts pod at gmail.com <coughs> pardon me holy shit anyway um be, uh, be sure to come say hi to us there. Uh, tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, requests for any kind of wrestling media you might want us to check out for the podcast. We are more than amenable to ideas around here. Oh, boy, do we love them. Uh, you know, to yell at us for our hot takes or tell, them that they're super tell us that they're super based or whatever. Just, you know, whatever it is, come say hi to us. We love people saying hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. And, of course, finally, there is our Patreon we are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 a month gives you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. Shout-out to our uh, $1 tier friend of the show, the sugar daddy Kyle Smith, for his support. Enjoy your perks, buddy. Uh, if you want to enjoy perks along with Kyle, be sure to join us, Noobs and Knockouts pod at Gmail. Or, uh, noobs, or, sorry, yeah, getting, getting my plugs mixed up. Noobs and Knockouts on Patreon. Oh, boy. Yeah, so see y'all next time. Hasta luego. <laughs>